Hello everyone, welcome to Step Zero. I'm really happy to introduce you guys to our next guest, Manjuri Sinha, who's based in Berlin and she has an extremely great experience when it comes to, comes to technology, talent acquisition globally, um, looking into um, uh, human resources and, and people leadership specific uh, topics. And she's also a respected blogger and uh, a thought uh, leader. So we're extremely happy to have her on board. Uh, but as I always do, again, it's my old broken record that I always love our guests to introduce themselves to us because I feel that that really sets the tone for the conversation. I would love to ask Manjuri as well to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about what brought her um, to us and to Step Zero and helping us changing the way mental health is being perceived in the modern workplace. Welcome to Step Zero, Manjuri. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and... Uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, uh, really happy to hear that. I don't know whether you were describing me, but yeah, that gives me a boost, definitely. Um, and yeah, so just, just to give you an introduction, um, yes, it's been a world travel, actually, for me. So I've uh, born and brought up in India, New Delhi, um, completed my education there. Also, a lot of my career is based in India. I've always worked with tech talent acquisition and tech business partnering. So it's all around people, of course, and then made the journey all the way to, to Europe, uh, across uh, Czech Republic, Sweden, and landed in Germany and have been in Berlin for the past uh, almost six years now. And uh, a big portion of this time was working with our uh, tech fashion giant in Germany called Zalando, and now have made the move to um, OLX Group and take care of uh, their um, tech talent acquisition uh, globally. So that's me. And what brought me to you was basically the passion that you and your uh, setup uh, actually had for mental health. I think that's uh, day to day, this is becoming very important. Uh, all of us in organizations work with people and uh, we might talk about data and analytics and um, you know data-driven decisions, but it's actually the people who are driving those decisions. So everybody's uh, state of mind is very, very important. Um, so your passion and your passion for the subject uh, definitely is something that uh, brought me here. And I'm super glad to have this uh, chat with you. Well, we're, we couldn't be happier to actually have you as, as an expert and as someone that has so much leadership experience and so much expertise in, in, in the topic of recruitment or, and, and people operations. And I'm even more grateful for the fact that, that our love and, and uh, passion for, for the topic actually came through because it's an extremely personal issue for us. We always mention that mental health is, is very personal. So we would love to actually discuss some of the aspects of, of, of mental health um, uh, with you. I would love to ask with a, with a more generic question, uh, mental health at work. What's, what's your view on that? And, and um, do you think we're, we're talking about this enough? Or is there generally enough talk about mental health and mental well-being in the workplace? So I've, um, that's, that's, that's an excellent question, actually. Um, so recently, yes, we've heard this topic. We've really um, heard this even in the, uh, in the, in the, in the front uh, diaspora as such. Um, going back to my days with, my, uh, with the organization that I was working with in Accenture, I think we did have a lot of uh, talk about mental health and taking care of each other and really looking out uh, for each other. Um, at the moment, yes, we hear that on the surface, but I guess we need to really go beyond the surface 
delve deep and understand and, and coach and guide leaders. I think this is, this is something that we're not doing uh, a lot of. So yes, we have started the conversations, but we don't enable our leaders or enable, you know, people like even people like me in the organization or others who um, handle teams or handle um, bigger teams, etc. Um, how do you take care of, how do you, what kind of signs should you look out for? Um, what kind of nuances in communication can you keep a, keep a tap, uh, tap on? And that mental health can be all 360 degree. It's not just the people that you take care of, it's your stakeholders, it's your own mental health, because unless and until you are happy and satisfied, uh, you cannot you know, kind of transfer that to another person. So I guess, uh, of course, not all of us need to become super experts in the field. I'm sure there are people who can help us, uh, but there is a need to have professional uh, look into this and maybe even, you know, so much uh, saying as much as having a dedicated function around this in organizations could be a very good idea. Yeah, absolutely. And we had lots of conversations with that, actually, with, with some of our guests from, from before as well, on the importance of leadership, you know, enabling leaders, training them, giving them the right tools to actually know how to deal with specific topics or just recognizing the signs. And, and there's many different ways uh, ways to do that. But being in the position that you're able to act on it is, is extremely important for, for any leader who's eager to, to make a difference. What we realized, though, and I think you and I also talked a, a little bit about that in our in our preparation, is that mental health can be influenced by a number of different things. You know, there's there's different challenges within organizations, and and whatever your stressor is, or whatever is the reason for um, uh, your current status uh, of of mental well-being, is is very much uh, dependent on a lot of things that are happening in the organization, but also on your personal background. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the topics that's actually very, very big, and I think it's an extremely important conversation, is yeah. diversity and inclusion. Yeah. And, and we know that this has been a topic that's also very important for you, and, and you put a lot of effort into understanding the, the, the specifics. What's your view, or how do you see um, the, the connection between diversity and inclusion and mental health? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a big portion of this, and maybe let me take an example of this also. Um, so for example, uh, if, I, if, if I talk about a team having different nationalities, having different uh, uh, gender identities uh, in, in the team, how I'm treating the whole team, if I'm setting up some OKRs, I'm following up on those OKRs, uh, giving a purpose, et cetera, how do I follow up on those OKRs or goals could also, for some people that might appear as stress, right? For others, it may not appear as stress. This could be um, for, from a culture perspective, from a uh, you know, what kind of workload do you have at home? If we take the, the present scenario where everybody, where maybe, you know, someone is taking care, of a, um, taking care of a sick parent at home, somebody is taking care of two, two or three children at home. So when I say diversity, this is the angle that we need to look at. So that's, that's one is what is the existing stress in someone's life and how can we enable uh, how can we enable leaders or how can we, how can we be more conscious of our uh, reach outs when we do? So they, they could be, again, looking at this, um, looking at this angle. The other bit is also looking at the context of what are you bringing in? So, for example, am I creating a safe, op- a safe kind of a situ- um, situation? For example, uh, you know, coming from a TA background again. So if I'm interviewing someone, uh, and this is something uh, we, we take as an example when we look at resumes as well, we know that women do not um, 
tick if they do not tick box all the 10 criteria on the uh, on the job description either they do not apply or maybe they're not as confident in the in the interview so as an interviewer um, either number one is about coaching the interviewers number two as an interviewer yourself keep this in mind so you may come to know that yes this person is 80 percent actually fitting in the uh, job but is not confident enough because you know uh, because as as a need naturally she doesn't do so so that's the gap that you have to bridge um, on this uh, on this aspect and actually make that feels uh, make that person feel safer and that's where the mental health aspect uh, comes into play so you're not stressing the person out in this process that requires an, an, an insane level of empathy, I think, and also yeah. like understanding of, of individuals. And that's yeah. kind of a practical question from my side as well. How can you help people in leadership position develop that level of empathy and also develop that level of understanding or willingness to understand uh, the people that they're working with, they're recruiting, they're dealing with, whatever the position is that they're in, they're working with people. So how can we make them more open and perceptive to whatever individuals in their environment are going through? Yeah, I think this brings us to, uh, this also brings us, uh, Dora, to the present uh, scenario. So all of us are going through a lockdown situation in different different countries, et cetera, right? Um, of course, different countries are looking at it a bit differently. We have to enable people around us, right? So what in our, in our environment, in most organizations, uh, we are working from home and uh, we've also moved to remote interviewing. So in, in, the, in the TA world, that's a, that's a big topic. Now, if we talk about a lot of the uh, tech talent, they are mobile. So a lot of tech talent is um, used to interviewing remotely as interviewers and also interviewing remotely as candidates. Um, however, when we talk of non-tech talent, there is definite, definite area where you need to coach um, interviewers how to handle this. However, all said and done, this is not a normal situation where you are just doing a video interview. This is a situation where you have to be very, very, number one, empathy has to be high. You have to ensure that you're well prepared. You have to ensure that things that would otherwise unnerve you do not unnerve you and, and really keep them as top of mind recall. So what, what we did, and this is the practical example that I can offer is um, we thought about this situation. How could we, uh, in our limited scope, uh, enable our interviewers to actually provide a safe environment and not uh, stress the candidates and also have a safe environment for themselves um, and not really, uh, again, get very uh, impatient or stressed in the, in the situation. Um, for this, we, we ran some uh, you know, uh, training sessions for interviewers as well as hiring managers, but we spoke about very simple things, simple things on if somebody is not looking into the camera doesn't mean that that is not eye contact. Right, because just imagine not everyone has an ideal setup at home. So your camera could be here, here, anywhere, right? So that's just, just one of the examples. If you see a cat walk across the camera, do not judge. This is not a normal situation. Maybe the person is the only person taking care of the cat. If you see a toy just floating across, so this this these are the, the funny parts, but then they could also be situations where um you know, you and I are in, this, in the same boat. We were just talking about it. Uh, we're looking at news. You know, there's a lot of depressing things coming across and in the news. Um, some of us are living apart from family. My, my parents live in India. My brother lives in the US. I don't think for the whole year we're going to see each other physically. So there are things that kind of are gnawing at our, um, 
in a you know at, at the back of our mind so keep that so if you suddenly see uh, a particular candidate you know lose the strain of thought talk to the person um, and maybe move away from the uh, functional question and answering and generally talk to the person how are you how do you do a virtual handshake how do you give more chance if you're doing a coding exercise keep talking to the person do not take long pauses so these are very practical small things which can stress the candidate and also stress an interviewer because maybe for the interviewer also it's a new situation and that's an example how um, you know people in our setups whether it's hr or ta can enable our organizations to to handle such um, and, and go through and prepare themselves for lesser stress i would say I, I really like that you talk about safe environments, that you talk about the practical examples that one person can actually do to create that environment so that someone else can excel. And mm -hmm. I believe that this is where your position and, and talent acquisition, recruitment, or, or any people leading position is, is so relevant because you have so much in your hands. You have just as much of, of the success of that individual in your hands by actually giving them the platform or the right environment where they can, we can talk to you. And now with everything being changed, as you said, the way we communicate and the, the tools that we use to communicate have, have changed. Um, nonetheless, before you, know, you, you, you go into these remote um, um, interviews or, or acquisitions, we didn't know back in the days, right, that COVID's going to happen. So we didn't know that we're going to have to train people um, to, again, interview differently and understand certain things. So how do you actually do this when you're in the situation? And, and we don't have to specifically talk about the virus. It can be any difference, any change that, that makes a difference in your, in your operations. How do you train how to react to a change that has already happened? I hope that that sentence was correct. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think uh, if it's business related, uh, Dora, most of it is something that we either are preempting or we are aware of. Okay, we are you know, going for a, maybe a ramp up or a ramp up would mean that instead of usual two interviews, maybe our interviewers have to do uh, three interviews or four interviews. So it's a, it's, it's a workload issue. So these are situations where you can preempt it and have some time to uh, change course of action. Um, we, we do have a feedback exercise and I guess all, all TA functions in most organizations look at the candidate feedback and that's, that's where you can take uh, feedback and you know, look at what comes in the content and how are candidates usually feeling. So if you see the stress being called out there, for example, some candidates would say, um, hey, you know, this interview in this particular interview was very challenging and, and so and so forth. Challenging functionally is good, but it shouldn't put you in, in stress, et cetera. So if that's the thing, that's what we listen into and then uh, course correct and, and change things, et cetera. Of course, in this, in, in the current scenario, not in, in a similar situation, people are not prepared for, right? And even we were not. So did we, did, were we able to change it in the first two weeks? No. So from the, from the time when we moved into, say, video interviewing to the time we started these sessions, it was about three, four weeks into it, right? So we heard this feedback from our interviewers. We heard the feedback also from candidates, and then, uh, then we did the same thing. Similarly, we also uh, prepared a prep for the candidates um, where there's a guidance that goes out uh, to the candidates when an interview was uh, uh, kind of fixed up with them. 
that prep also was revised by us within the, the two, three weeks where we looked at earlier, it was rather technical and functional, check your Zoom and check your um, you know, coding base, et cetera. And uh, now it was a lot towards also the uh, empathy factor that, hey, you know, if, if you need time, please do tell your interviewer that you need a five minute break. If you have something which is concerning you, please share this with the interviewer or let us know and we are happy to reschedule the interview. So these are things that were not there in the earlier, uh, uh, earlier setup which we had to change. So how would we react to it? I guess it's feedback from the environment and looking at, uh, that's our reaction, right? So if I'm bothering you right now, I can see it on your face. But if, I'm, if, if we have to uh, collect feedback from our stakeholders in this, it's a, it's a feedback surveys, et cetera, that we would react to. You just blew my mind. I actually love the fact that you guys are so straightforward and, and understand what it actually is happening in, in the current situation. And you, you not only take the chance to internally train yourself but, and, and communicate transparently, but also take the same approach with potential new hires or even people that just have a short level, short amount of time of experience with you to know that it's okay if you're not feeling well. We're gonna understand you're not going to be judged, you're not going to be, um, um, I don't know, evaluated in a negative way. We simply want you to be at your best. And if that means that we reschedule, we reschedule. And I think that's a message that we really need to convey way more. And I'm so happy that hopefully through this conversation and the podcast, there's a lot, a lot more people are gonna understand what your message is and what you're there to, to say, and not just the people that potentially look into getting recruited or getting uh, hired by, by your organization. Now, we also know that there's two sides of the story, right? And you touched on that as well. You touched on the fact that, or, or the angle from the interviewee's perspective or people that want to get recruited, but you also touch up on the individuals that, that need to train themselves as well when it comes to their recruitment efforts for the organization. Now, things have changed for them as well, right? A lot of companies have uh, limited their recruitment efforts for, for obviously completely understandable reasons, or they, they slowed down a bit. So obviously for these uh, people, performance is also important. They want to do good. Their, their change in their job scope and perspective uh, is, is, is not the same as it was before. That can cause them also a bit of a demotivation or a mental challenge or any difficulty that they need to overcome. So how do you think that the, the current, you know, performance commitment and also motivation for individuals that work in recruiting positions changed with the change circumstances? Yeah, um, and uh, Dora, maybe if you, if you permit me, I'll take my personal example here. Um, and this is, uh, scenario could be a little bit different because of course, you know, we didn't have, uh, the, the present lockdown situation, et cetera. But I just mentioned that I moved from India to, uh, to, to Europe. And um, when I moved to Germany, um, you know, it's, it's about the things that we do for love, right? So, so I'm, uh, my husband was working here and I moved to Germany initially, all plans to go back and um, join my uh, previous organization. However, I did start hunting in the environment, right? Now, the example why I want to relate to this is uh, the fact that you mentioned how would somebody, you know, in the present scenario, if looking out for recruitment positions, what things could change and so on and so forth. So I guess, yes, when you are, um, maybe when you're looking out into a market, which is new, number one, uh, probably not, not the same, but yes, you're looking out into, into a situation. Also, you are not in a, in a secure environment where you already have a job. There could be 
unfortunate situations right now where people have been laid off, right? So, and of course, we, we cannot judge and we don't know what kind of um, challenges folks have. They have economic, um, um, you know, challenges as well. They're carrying loans, etc. So not to judge that. However, everybody would be looking out, okay, what could be my next position? Um, so in this situation, if I relate to my own example, you definitely start um, questioning your self-worth. So after having had such a, such a great uh, position with Accenture, um, and when you know, I was in this situation when I'm looking at, at roles and I'm talking to people, and I would hear back mostly with, um, you know, with, with some rejection saying that, hey, we need you to speak German. And it was like, I would definitely love to learn German if I have to live in Germany, but this was the first, first three months. And this is now, you know, the first, maybe a month that I'm looking for something, right? So, um, and, and the fact that sometimes folks are not ready to listen to what you bring in, et cetera, could make you question your self-worth. And that's when you start stressing yourself. I guess that's where your mental health kind of is uh, disturbed. Um, as, as a person, I think you, you can get uh, yourself in, in, the, in the gear a lot and not restrict yourself. I think this is if I, if I have to talk, to talk to people today and if they uh, approach me on a similar topic, um, for the first two weeks, yes, I was fuming and fretting and, and so on and so forth. But on the, uh, you know, into the third week, I, I actually said, maybe I'm restricting myself. Maybe I'm not looking at what is really out there. So I was restricting myself to the kind of organizations that I've worked with. Then I started looking at the new world, which is more of a startup world, which is you know, more ready to experiment with talent and also looking at global talent. Um, and, and giving the space that, hey, if you know your job, you can learn the language uh, uh, while or you're on the job kind of a thing. So I changed my uh, search lookout. So I looked at, you know, then I also looked at, uh, and this goes for even recruiting today, looked at the social media, what's going on, which kind of organizations are looking at what skills, what, what is really uh, being hunted for. Then networking with people. So reaching out, not just saying, hey, I need a job, but rather looking at what value can I add to a person, even when I maybe don't have a full-time um, you know, conventional job. So connecting with a person, talking to a person, getting a little bit of an uh, information around this. So this is what also got me out of the bubble. And this was also the time when I started blogging. So that took a lot of my, you know, creative uh, energy out um, and kept me uh, sane during that time. So that's, that's, I think, relating from my own experience, I would say that not to lose heart during this situation, I know it's a, it's, it's a, it's, it can be a terrible situation for a lot of people. Not to lose heart, um, hang on is, is, is the message. And diversify, do not uh, constrain yourself. Okay, maybe you are a recruiter by title, but you have a lot of other skills, maybe within HR, maybe within marketing. So look at what you can do and what you can offer. And look at people who are ready to take a chance uh, on you or organizations who can do that. So I guess this, this broadening of the, sometimes we box ourselves. So we have to think out of the box for ourselves sometimes. You actually spoke the language and, and, and sped, said the message that I think most of us need to hear right now. A, a, a lot of uh, people in the, in the position of looking for jobs right now, they fail to think outside of the box. And I think what you're mentioning is also in a way a certain level of self-reflection, right? I have my core skills, but what else can I do? Or maybe is it the opportunity for me 
to, to explore on things that I haven't done before, to, to maybe go for the job that I never had the courage to go for. And, and what I would like you to repeat, and I think it's extremely important that you actually say it very loud and clear, clear that there's companies out there that are open to these uh, um, applications that are open to people wanting to make a difference. And they're not only going to look at the box you've been in until now, but they're going to be able to see through that. Yes, Dora. And I'm happy to repeat that there are organizations and I, and I love ABBA. So that's where this comes from. There are organizations that are ready to take a chance on you. So you, you need to ensure that you are visible enough for them. But there are companies, there are people, there are talent hunters who would take a chance on you. I love that message. And, and, and that leaves me to the last question as well, because I don't think I want to ask any other question because this message is the most important thing. There are people that are ready to take a, a chance on you. And, and I think that's what we all need to know. There always will be, and you will always have a support system. And knowing that and, and having that affirmation for yourself is, is going to be the most positive thing that you can do to, for your own mental health and, and mental well-being. And having that conversation with someone with your background and experience, 15 years plus in, in that area, and, and having that personal experience, it just shows again what you can achieve and what you can do. And sometimes, you know, there will be hiccups, but we all get through that and, and we can get through that together. So I have one last question simply because I know that you're not only uh, a blogger, you're, you're a speaker yourselves as well. So you're very, very well diverse in, 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 the, um, in, in the topic. Are there any forums or authors or, or anyone that you could think of that you feel could be relevant? And now I'm going to be a little bit more specific to people who currently are looking for a job in, in this situation or challenged with their with finding their next opportunity or even finding themselves in this whole world of, of you know, recruitment and, and professional um, um, growth. So do you want specific names or do you want the, uh, you know, the, the functions that may have maybe are facing a rather, you know, bigger challenge than the others? Um, I would love to have your recommendations for specific maybe authors or, or blogs or forums where people can browse around a little bit. Get, oh, okay, get sorry. <laughs> sorry, maybe I tend to ask these like super long questions and then people forget the beginning. <laughs> so I'm sorry about that. But yeah, it's more about recommendations for pe people who are in a, in a challenging position and they're looking to um, make a difference or learn something or know exactly how to tackle their challenges from a recruitment or finding a job perspective. Yeah, so I think uh, from, a, from a, uh, a social media perspective, I think there are a couple of very good, um, there's, there, there is a lot of good material out there. So one is, uh, I would recommend this called uh, Recruiting Brain Food. This is by uh, Hong Lee. Um, and uh, if you just search Recruiting Brain Food on Google, that comes up pretty often. There is also a live um, uh, crowdcast that he does every Friday. So this, this is really good. Uh, the Brain Food newsletter itself, so it covers a lot of what's going on in the industry, uh, what is the new in TA tech, HR tech, et cetera. So that's, that's one good base. Um, then we have uh, Joanna Lockwood, I guess she's also driving the true inclusion right now. So again, all of this, um, you know, since it's virtual, it's accessible, right? So these are virtual webinars right now. So these are definitely accessible. So I would recommend uh, anyone who's either in the TA space, recruiting space, because she also takes a, very, uh, an, a TA angle to diversity hiring. So I guess that's, that's what I would recommend. 
Um, from a mindfulness perspective, if there's a TA, uh, TA leader or HR leader looking out or any other leader, I would say, I would recommend uh, Rainer Kraft's um, uh, name as well as his uh, website. Um, so he is basically a mindful coach, mindfulness coach, and um, he also runs webinars, which are, again, uh, free of charge for people who want to just, you know, look into the first uh, steps of being a mindful leader etc so these are a couple of things that definitely people can uh, people can lean on and a couple of couple of other things that i would recommend folks to lean on is lean on your friends lean on your um, you know school childhood buddy that you did all the naughty things with um, lean on your siblings that you haven't spoken uh, spoken to for a very long time and uh, if if you don't mind sharing naughty stuff with your parents Call them, lean on them, and uh, what what better time than now to really you know share your uh, worries with them and and talk uh, talk about the new recipe that you learned and and uh, you know post it on Instagram or maybe just teach your mom how to use Instagram. So <laughs> um, yeah, so this that's that's another very handy way of uh, de-stressing yourself. I, honestly, thank you so much, Manjuri, for such an insightful practical. Uh, practical and most of all fun conversation. I think it's really, really important that we keep our, our positivity in, in times like this and we show support to each other. And, and I don't think I'm going to forget um, your quote here of, of uh, taking a, a chance on, on ourselves and on each other. And there's going to be people out there who are going to do that in organizations. That's something that I think I needed to hear today and a lot of others will need to hear as well uh, during the podcast conversation. So I'm extremely grateful for you bringing these things in, taking the time for that and providing us with such a practical, insightful um, manual, basically, of what to do and how to navigate the challenges, not just right now, but, but overall when, when you're looking for uh, any type of professional or personal growth. And with this, I would like to thank our audience as well uh, for tuning in, listening to our conversation. Uh, I know a lot of you are gonna ask about where you can actually reach Manjuri. We'll make sure that we include her connecting uh, her LinkedIn details and, and and um, contact details in the podcast script, as well as her recommendations. Thank you for that, for the books. I, I think we're, we're gonna go on Amazon and order a million books right now. So thanks for that. Uh, if there's any other questions, guys, from this topic, feel free to reach out to us. Please lean on us as well. In case there's questions or you need someone, we're here for you. We're definitely here to build a community. And I'm extremely grateful that, Manjuri, you decided to join this community and helped us um, change the way we use mental health in, in the workplace, not just when we already work, but also in terms of recruitment, in terms of professional go growth or going through changes ourselves. Many thanks for that. I wish you a lovely day and hope that we will get you back very, very soon for another episode. Thank you so much. You're doing a great job with uh, filling a space that was really needed. So really appreciate your efforts around this and happy to support in any way possible. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day, guys. And we'll be back soon with our next episode.